The Digital Lifestyle presents TL Mobile, show number 99, for Friday, December 16, 2011. I'm And I'm Jason Coombs. How you doing, Jace? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. We've uh, had our first snowfall, although nothing actually settling, but our first snowfall of winter, so starting to feel very Christmassy. Yeah, <clears throat> buddy, my, we start getting snow up uh, near the... At the uh, resort that I usually go snowboarding at, and uh, a buddy of mine went uh, twice this week already, so I'm getting ready for that. Hopefully next month I'll have a little more free time and be able to hit the slopes. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll agree with you. It'll be good to have some free time. It's been pretty hectic again for me, so um, I'll be following your lead in terms of the stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily it actually was a pretty quiet week. I mean, you mentioned that you lean up to the holidays, probably not going to get a lot of news. Um, I think the biggest thing this week, at least for us folks in the U.S., uh, Verizon finally made the Galaxy Nexus uh, uh, available uh, for purchase uh, uh, for $299 on contract. Um, took a while to to get there. Took long enough. I mean, they really weren't saying anything about it. And uh, I don't know. It seems pretty obvious that Verizon isn't really interested in making the Galaxy Nexus success. They they kind of just released it without much fanfare. They they just put it out there. Okay, you can buy it now, um, which is kind of disappointing because you could tell a lot of people were excited. Uh, I think I tweeted uh, earlier this week. I went to a concert. Uh, I went to go see Jay Z and Kanye West, and I was um, in the venue. You know, just uh, watching a football game. Actually, there was a, a good football game going on the same night. So waiting for the concert to start, we were watching a football game, a bunch of people around. I pulled out my phone uh, to check something, and uh, this guy kind of came up behind me. He's like, oh, is that the Verizon Galaxy Nexus? And I'm like, well, Galaxy Nexus, the GSM version, and you know, obviously he knew stuff. He, he's like, oh, okay, that's the, the GSM unlocked version. You know, you, know, you paid good money for that. and uh, So he's pretty pretty well informed, but uh, he said that he was, he was just waiting for Verizon to – to release it so he can go out and buy it. Um, you know, he seemed very, very interested in it, and that's all he was waiting for. And uh, finally, Verizon made it available, but it, it seems like they, they took forever. I mean, when was the announcement? Back in October? Yeah, was something it? like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that, I think. And, uh, I mean, I, I know us folks that, uh, in the U.S. at least, that imported it um, – have had it for a few weeks now. Uh, you guys over there have had it available for a while now, so I don't know what the deal was. Plus, no Google Wallet, which kind of sucks too. Yeah, we've talked before, haven't we, about you know each carrier being able to, particularly with, I guess, with Android even more so, being able to kind of customize it. And it's just a shame they they kind of leave this stuff out because you know some people were tied to a to a carrier or you know prefer a particular carrier because they've got the best signal in that in that particular area, and you know just it's a shame when you've got little little things missing. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. But uh, for you Verizon folks that have been waiting for it, it's uh, out there two ninety nine on a two year contract. Um, you can go to, you know, like Let's Talk or Amazon and get some pretty good deals for. You know, I've seen them as low as um, one hundred and thirty dollars for the Galaxy Nexus on a two year contract. So, um, you know, do some digging, get yourself a nice Christmas present. Yeah, it looks like a nice phone, so uh, I don't know, you're really pleased with it. 
Oh, I'm loving it. I know John slapped it on the uh, HD2 this week too, and uh, I think he's going to write up a, a little post on on the uh, the digital lifestyle and uh, talk about what he thinks. But uh, I mean, just in his email uh, message to us, he said, you know, it's it's light years beyond what he um, had done with Android before. So um, just goes to show it's, uh, I think ICS is definitely being universally being seen as a, as a very solid and polished uh, OS and Android may no longer be just for the geeks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting actually. It's, it's slightly changing subject that um, a, a colleague of mine was, um, he, he's due a new work phone and he'd, he'd put them for the iPhone Four, um, they wouldn't go as far as the iPhone 4S, but um, apparently it's really hard to come by. I don't know if that's just for, through our, obviously through our uh, corporate supplier, but um, they're kind of having to place it on back order. Oh wow! So I thought it was quite interesting for the iPhone. You know, I would, would have expected that on the iPhone 4S, but certainly not on the iPhone 4. Yeah, um, I mean, I actually, <clears throat> and I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I should mention it because I think. Uh, I think this person listens to to the podcast once in a while, but I I got a uh, uh, an iPhone 4s for a friend of mine, unlocked version, and um, I, I got it directly from Apple because Apple is selling unlocked devices now in the U.S. Uh, when you buy it direct from them, um, so pretty hefty price tag with that as well. But um, and it was also in back order. Both the black and the white version have to wait. Uh, I think it was six to eight days. Um, oh, wow. No, sorry, one to two weeks, one to two weeks um, for for shipment. So unfortunately, <laughs> since I lag behind, it's not it's projected to be delivered between December 27th and January 3rd. So uh, unfortunately, I'm, you know, not going to make it <laughs> <make any> time. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm just going to print out the the order confirmation and put in an envelope and say, here you go. This is, this is what you can expect <laughs> in a, another week or so. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's also the iPhone 4S is also a back order here in the U S I don't know if it's only the unlocked models. Uh, I actually didn't check to see if, if the on contract models to either Verizon, AT&T or um, Sprint were available, but I mean, I'm sure they are, you know, I, I highly doubt that you're going to walk into any of these wireless uh, retail stores or even an Apple store. And they're going to say, we have no iPhones at all. Uh, it's probably just the unlocked versions. They probably, you know, stocked up on the um, uh, on the locked versions on the carrier versions, just because most people just buy them through the carrier. So, yeah, I mean, the, the reason why I mentioned that was just, I was just kind of thinking while you were talking that you know, is it that the the phones like the Galaxy Nexus are getting these low key launches because for the the carriers it, that it's you know the iPhone is still the hot the most you know wanted phone. So is it a question that well? You know they're kind of so busy pushing the iPhone that they're ignoring everything else that's coming along. Yeah, exactly. Now something that just got uh, posted over on the Verge, literally breaking news. Uh, looks like the Nexus S is going to start getting um, ICS uh, starting today. They're going to be rolling out starting with the GSM variant of uh, the Nexus S, uh, and over the next month, um, Nexus S owners should be updated to Ice Cream Sandwich. Well, certainly good to see it, see it rolling out. <clears throat> I wonder if um, this is kind of part of their commitment to supporting devices for over you know, an eighteen-month life cycle. Um, I, don't, I mean, the, keep in mind the Nexus S is a Nexus device, so it doesn't surprise me that it gets got it so quick. It, it's a it's a Google device. 
Uh, unfortunately, we know the Nexus One isn't getting it. You know, that's at this point that's a three-year-old device or two-year-old, three-year-old, right? Yeah, not sure. Let's see. We're gonna find out right now. <laughs> um, but I mean, we know the Nexus One isn't isn't getting um, the update. Officially. <laughs> uh, officially. Yeah, I mean, you can go over XDA developers. Um, yeah, at this point, it's pretty much three years old. It was uh, it was 2010, January 2010. Yeah. Uh, I got released. Man, I, I feel like pulling out the, the, the Nexus One and putting ICS on it just for the hell of it. That's, that'd be so awesome. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, that could be because of processor or whatever. It's just... But the, the Nexus S is a Nexus device, and it... Uh, we knew it was only a matter of time. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that it gets so quickly because, uh, after all, it is, it's going to be a stock build. It's not going to be one of these, you know, manufacturer tinkered with builds. So, uh, I have a, uh, another friend who actually has, uh, a Nexus S, so I'm sure she'll be pretty excited once she, she gets the update rolled out to her phone. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's all it's all for the good that these older devices get supported. You know, like you say, I know the Nexus S is relatively new, but in terms of um, you know, as we were talking about the other week, in many ways, the best way to get the best contract is just to stick with stick with your phone and negotiate a discount based on the fact you're not getting a handset upgrade. And you know, if you can have an old handset that's still capable of running the latest you know version of your operating system, then you know why why really upgrade unless there's any particular hardware or something that you really want then just stick with what you've got and upgrade the, the operating system yep yeah exactly exactly um all right what else we got um sony xperia owners are getting a little bonus uh we know that box.net seems to be making deals with uh, a lot of manufacturers lately and uh, sony ericsson is the latest one so xperia owners are going to be getting a uh Free uh, 50 gigabytes uh, gigabyte account from uh, Box.net. Um, I think we covered some other deal that Box.net had recently. Um, actually, iOS recently had uh, where I think on a given weekend, if you installed Box.net, they give you uh, a free 50 gigs of storage. Um, that usually retails for, I don't remember the prices. Hold on, let me do some looking up again. <laughs> Uh, for personal, let's see. It's five to fifty gigabytes. Come on. Where's their pricing? <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Well. You have to sign up to find out. <laughs> I know, right? Twenty dollars. It's it's twenty dollars per year, I believe. Yeah. So is this so, gig, is that is that free permanently or is that just like one year? Uh, I believe it's permanently. Okay. Now, what I'm curious about is if you can stack these deals because I got the fifty gigs off of the iPad app. Uh, I found the the iOS app when I installed it on my iPad. I did it during that week and I got a free, uh, free 50 gigs. I'm wondering now if I if I you know install um, Box on my uh, Xperia Arc, uh, Arc, 
if it'll stack another 50 gigs on there and now I have 100 gigs. I highly doubt it, but it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> if <laughs> Always it worth that. a try. <laughs> yeah. Or, I, I, or if you could just have various devices, right? So I'm going to take out my Arc and then my Xperia X10 and my Mini and my Mini Pro, install Box and get 50 big gigs off of each one of those. That'd be funny. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting really to see how many of these um, cloud storage providers can actually um, kind of keep going, or how many of them will eventually kind of join up and. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I I signed up for the for the thing to get the 50 gigs, but I have yet to even use Box at all. Um, I'm a Dropbox user. And, I mean, I've been using Dropbox since it was in beta to the point to where before they launched, right before they launched, they, they did this contest for the beta users and said – it was one of those where you just leave a comment on the, th- uh, on the, on the post and they said, you know, to thank you, we're going to pick two people to give a free lifetime 50 gig account to and two people to give a free 25 gig account to. And I was like, all right, I never win the, one of these, but here's my comment, you know. And I actually got picked out. I mean, it was a, <laughs> it was a pretty small thing. So I, I have my lifetime 50 gigs over on Dropbox, and uh, it serves me well. So I'm, I'm happy with that. But um, I just signed up for it just because, hey, you never know. You can never have enough storage everywhere in places. Yeah, exactly. I must admit, I've still got everything stored just on our home server. I've not got around to really picking up. A cloud provider and, and you know bothering to, to move it up I just tend to kind of have a collection of songs that I keep on the phone and um, and that's it really I don't know whether or not that will change um, with obviously the introduction of the tablet into our household you know um, yeah that's I mean start to go out and about yeah I, I don't really use it for like backup or anything like that either I do store there's certain things that I store on that I prefer to keep in my Dropbox folder um, whether it's on my desktop or whatever uh, simply because I know it has that additional cloud backup uh, facility to it, but I don't actually go out to Dropbox and manage it on Dropbox or through my phone or anything like that. It's it's more for okay, I I have it in here. I'm gonna put it in a folder. Might as well put it in the Dropbox folder so I know it's it's on the cloud. But yeah, I mean most of my actual stuff I have on my home server as well. Um, then again, my home server for the most part is for media. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to have Dropbox. I've never actually used most of that space. The, I don't even think I've ever even hit five gigs, which I think is the, what you get for free on Dropbox, <laughs> but, uh, it's nice to have there. Nonetheless. Yeah. I think, I mean, probably the one I would lean to just because it, it fits in with most of my technologies would be, would be SkyDrive, but they've still got this stupid separation between, um, the live sync service and your actual SkyDrive, um, you know, manual upload. I think if if that was all just combined into one, I think that would be much more useful to me. Yeah, definitely. Well, have you tried uh, mapping SkyDrive as a as an actual drive on your on your PC and then syncing it that way using live sync on that? I haven't. No. Yeah, try try doing that. So you can. There's. Uh, it, it's it's a software based. Um, Solution, but there is software out there that lets you mount your Skylive drive, uh, Skylive account as a drive, as a network drive, um, on your PC, and then you can use LiveSync to sync that drive or the contents in that drive to whatever you want. 
Uh, right, that's interesting. I might look into that because uh, normally SkyDrive won't let you select a network folder. Yeah, I I, I did have one. I think because SkyDrive was uh, doing is it twenty five gigs of free storage? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember my sister uh, was kind of running into issues when she was doing her college essays and all that, and and I told her about that, and and she set it up uh, like that, and and it worked perfectly for her. So. Uh, okay, because that's my frustration with my with my work laptop that because we have this um, our home folders are redirected, um, so they're made available as offline um, folders. Um, it won't let me sync my favourites, which is really frustrating. So I've kind of got them in sync across my um, you know across the tablet and across my home PC, but I you know I, I have to manually <laughs> maintain the ones on my uh, on my laptop. Yeah. <clears throat> what you don't use Chrome? I do use Chrome actually. Oh, and it won't seek your favorites. Uh, well, no, Chrome will, but Chrome's more of a of a secondary browser for me. Um, secondary? What do you use as your primary? Internet Explorer. Oh my God! <laughs> you are part of the problem. <laughs> I tell you, it's always served me well. I mean, I I I defected during the IE six days, but I mean, who wouldn't? And I I think Firefox was my primary browser then. Yeah. Uh, but I know I do really. I mean, I must admit, I always use Chrome like um, our show notes. Every week when we record, I always use Chrome for that. So I tend to use Chrome for kind of Google services just because it obviously, you know, works best. Um, and then um, sometimes I'll use it um, as as a kind of secondary browser rather than having two IE windows open. Actually, you have a Chrome window and, a, and an Internet Explorer window open. But, but yeah, no, I am a, I'm a, an IE user, just creature of habit, I think. You're fired. <laughs> what can I say? Cut me, I mean, cut me open Fire, to the words Microsoft. <laughs> I, Firefox, I could still let it slide, but <laughs> yeah, Internet Explorer should be used strictly for the purpose of downloading a real browser. <laughs> no, sorry. Just creature of habit, like I say. It's just, just, it's just always worked for me, so. What, what keeps, okay, I'm interested in this now. What, okay, so obviously you use Chrome as a secondary browser. What keeps you from migrating to it as your primary browser it's just a habit it's as simple and as as uh plain as that just pure habit i think um probably when i was using firefox it was back in the days when trying to get trying to change your default browser away from far away from internet explorer was so difficult um that as soon as kind of ie7 and ie8 came along i i migrated back from firefox just because it was just easier to use them as a default browser and say i9 i've always got on well with it was always i've until very recently it's always been my rss reader um wow (laughs) i I don't know what to say i know sorry (laughs) okay it's funny because i i I first you know i i was a a big firefox user but then firefox started getting out blurred and then you know yeah i heard good things about chrome and i'm like yeah let me give chrome a try and uh, it took me a while to make the full transition because it was, there were still things in Firefox I enjoyed. Uh, this is before Chrome had plugins and stuff, so I liked that Firefox. I'd use Adblock and stuff like that that made browsing a little cleaner. Um, but then at one point I was like, man, I, I've had let me let me just make the jump. And sometimes you just got to make the leap. So I, I made the leap from I to Firefox, obviously when Firefox was around, and then I the way I I talk about browsers now is. Um, or when I tell people to use Chrome, because I have all my friends converted over to Chrome. Mm-hmm. I, I told them they can no longer be my friend if they're not on Chrome. 
Um, <laughs> but basically, I see I, uh, IE as the new Netscape. Firefox is the new IE, and Chrome is the new Firefox. <laughs> yeah, like I say, it just um, it's just kind of always, always, always done what I wanted it to do. And I think uh, my other reason why I started switching it, why I kept with it, was because in the in the Vista days, it was the the only browser that was, uh, you know, had the protected mode and kind of safe browsing, and just uh, you know, just kind of have it. Just like I say, I'm a creature of habit. I just can't can't change it. All right, I'll just. But yeah, I do, I do use I do use Chrome quite a bit, and like I say, I'm mean, always use it for the weekly show notes and. Yeah. All right, I'll 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 let it go. I'll I'll just I'll pretend I never even heard that. <laughs> In my mind, it's a perfect world, and my co-hosts all use Chrome. I can hear you scribbling me off your Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're still getting that iPhone. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Um, looks like Amazon released actual sales figures. They're not known for releasing sales figures, but they definitely wanted to tout this number, and that's the for a third week in a row, uh, Amazon has sold over a million Kindles. Um, naturally, you could probably attribute this to the holiday season. Uh, it looks like a lot of people are going to be giving Kindles as gifts. Um, now, this isn't just the Kindle Fire, uh, just to emphasize that. This is the entire Kindle line, which includes you know, the, the Kindle, the Kindle Touch, and the Kindle Fire. Um, but still, that's pretty impressive. Uh, three weeks in a row of a million devices. Um, and, and these are devices, keep in mind, Amazon is an online-only retailer. So these aren't even devices that people go into store and play around with. This is just... Basically, I would assume you know word of mouth or just you know general public knowledge. Like, oh, okay, well, let me get an e-reader for as as a gift, and um, there you go. Pretty impressive, I think. That's interesting. So in the U.S., you can't buy Kindles in a store. Um, actually, I I, I think you can now. I think Target carries Kindles. Uh, I think there are some retailers that that may carry the that do carry the Kindle in retail, but I mean. Uh, you know what? You're right. I hadn't even thought about that. I was thinking of uh, I still uh, just I rarely go into retail stores anymore, so I still see Amazon as an online only retail. <laughs> yeah. So I, I forgot about that. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think there are retailers that do carry the Kindle. Uh, Best Buy does not, because I know Best Buy carries the Nook, but I think um, I think Target may carry it. Um, Walmart maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's in supermarkets and all sorts over here. So, um, but uh, I can. I mean, I can certainly see how they can sustain those kind of sales figures because I know people that have got the Kindles who are kind of hardcore books. You know, like the feel of paper and the, the feel of a book and just the whole experience. But uh, as more and more people get them and people get to borrow one and have a go with one, they're just instantly transformed. You know, they're just such a brilliant device, so easy to read, and. Um, so I can certainly see how it's how it's continuing to to convert people. So maintaining those sales figures. I actually had to earn some man stripes last weekend. My wife accidentally dropped hers. She was reading it in bed and and kind of fell asleep and it dropped onto the floor and the, the, it just wouldn't switch off. I know you can hold the power switch for about twenty thirty seconds. I think it is, and they they kind of power off. But this thing was just locked up dead. So I. I cracked open the back and undid the battery and left it for a f- about a minute and put the battery back in and lo and behold it booted back up again so 
I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, yeah. Was, she was gutted when she thought she'd broken it because she actually, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's never more than a few feet away from her, so. Yeah. Personally, I'm a, I'm a Nook user. I have, I have the, the original Nook and, uh, the, the new Nook Touch. Um, that's because I, I liked, especially the new Nook Touch was awesome and, you know, then Amazon came out and offered the Kindle, but it, it, I think I've talked about this before. It sucks because I'm kind of stuck between two because I love Amazon. I'm a huge Amazon user. I buy everything off of Amazon. But when it comes to eBooks, uh, because of the e- and even though I have the app to go off of, the actual e-reader that I have is the Nook, so I have to go to Barnes and Noble, buy from them, and um, and now I have books purchased on the Nook. So to make that transition means, you know, I'd have to leave. I have books on the Nook that I wouldn't be able to read on the Kindle if I get a Kindle and. Uh, well, I already yeah. ran into that with the Kindle Fire, actually. When I tried, I ended up having to buy a book that I already had that I was reading on the Nook, um, but I wanted to, you know, test it on the Fire, so I had to rebuy it again. So basically, and I bought the actual physical copy of the book because I have, I like to have the actual book collection. So overall, I spent, I want to say I spent maybe seventeen dollars on the book because it was hardcover, then another ten dollars on the Nook version, and then another ten dollars on the Kindle version. <laughs> so I spent thirty-seven dollars for a book. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. We need we need the MP3 of books. Yes, definitely, definitely. I must admit that's kind of, kind of um, going back to our, our show from weeks ago when I when I bought the iPad. That was also a kind of deciding factor for me. That even if I had the iPad for a short term until Windows 8 tablets came along, I was my worry was that I'd have invested in all these apps. Um, and then when I wanted to switch across to Windows 8, it would, you know, I'd have ended up purchasing all these apps and ended up having to buy them again for for a relatively short period of time. So, it, um, but yeah, like you say, I mean, the Kindle. One of its selling points is its platform. You know, it's just the, there's a Kindle reader for everything. I remember we going out one time and my wife actually managed to leave her Kindle at home, so she borrowed my Windows phone and fired up the app. And you've got the the Whisper Sync where it syncs back to your page that you last read and. No, it just you can just switch between devices, no problem. I'm really looking forward to you know the Kindle Reader app when it finally hopefully arrives for Windows 8. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. What else do we have? Um. You might be interested in this one. Uh, Andy's Andy Lee's uh, gets removed from his top spot uh, overseeing Windows Phone. Um, so it, it looks like he got kind of removed. He's still going to be, he's going to be reporting directly to Balmer and I guess, uh, focusing more on, uh, transition to, uh, Windows 8, um, and, uh, the impact basically trying to, uh, to focus on integration of Windows Phone and Windows 8 and, uh, possibly other products, but, uh, pretty obvious that it's, you know, it's considered pretty much demotion, um. I I read a, a bit up about this on All Things D uh, and a couple of the sites, um, and apparently Andy Zies was going around talking about how Windows Phone was very successful and and talking about taking the number two spot and still in target and uh, a lot of very pie in the sky type of statements. And uh, obviously nothing really came to be when it comes to that. Windows Phone still has a very very small. Uh, segment of the market. Um, I mean, if you look at, at at the pie charts in terms of of um, 
of what am I trying to say here? Of market presence, share. I guess. Market share. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, of market share, the Windows Phone slice is barely even visible. I mean, it looks more like a line rather than a slice. Um, so uh, it's believed that that's that's why he was kind of moved aside um, and, and you know put somebody else in charge, uh, Terry Meyerson. Uh, who uh, led Windows Phone on the engineering side uh, is going to be uh, taking Andy's spot. So, yeah, I think um, I think it's pretty clear that Windows Phone is certainly struggling to to gain traction. I mean, Nokia, in the short term at least, in the U, in the UK, have certainly given the the phone a, a, or the operating system a boost. Um, you know, depending on where you read, it seems to be that it's selling pretty well, but. You know, Microsoft shouts about how many Xboxes it sold, and it shouts about how many copies of Windows Sevens it sold. But you know, I think the fact that it's not mentioned anything about Windows Phone Seven um, kind of says there's a lot. As much as I love the platform, you know, it's um, but in some ways we have got a good gauge of how successful it is because is it is it good enough and and making enough inroads and, and selling enough phones to keep a company like Nokia afloat? You know, I think that'll be a, a, a clear marker. Which way that goes? Yeah, I mean, I think Windows Phone. Obviously, Microsoft is committed to it, and I think that's the most important part, right? That Microsoft is not wavering. It's 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 not a web OS. No. Microsoft is not going to back down. They're not going to give up. I mean, even if they they lose money on it, they're going to push it and push it and push it. Uh, I mean, we've seen Microsoft push dead products before. So, but I mean, in this case, I think there's definitely room for a third. It's obvious it's not going to be WebOS. Um, yes, it's uh, Android and iOS are far ahead of them, but you know, there's obviously still room for a, a third option. Um, there's, you know, those dedicated diehard Microsoft users out there that still use Internet Explorer that will never um, waver from. From Microsoft, that was a little dig at you there, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just ignored that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, like, yeah, I think there's definitely room for a third uh, competitor, and you know, if uh, as long as Microsoft stays committed to it and keeps developing it, um, I, I think you know it definitely has uh, a shot at becoming. Uh, you know, it might be difficult to be be number two per se, but I think it has a, a chance at being competitive. Um, at least within certain markets. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, when Windows 8 starts to appear in, in, on people's desktops as they become kind of familiar with that tile-based UI and whether or not that will be, um, you know, another uh, boost to sales. You know, it'll be interesting to see. And I think, um, like you say, you know, Microsoft need a mobile platform. You know, I mean, Windows Mobile. Um, in its day, you know, never sold by the bucket load. It was always kind of a relatively niche product, um, and I think Microsoft will keep pushing Windows Phone. It's just, as I say, it's it's whether or not Nokia will still be around <laughs> to kind of see see huh. longevity. Um, right. But I think for me, um, Windows Phone is still struggling with that wait till the next release kind of um, problem because it's still such a young operating system. Um, you know, it was always all wait till Mango, and, and Mango was a big step forward, at least I certainly found it, even as a, a someone on the verge of fanboyism, I still found it a big step forward from what I'd already been using. And um, so I think, you know, Windows Phone 8 will be another big leap forward, but it's just, it's always still waiting for that, that, next, that next thing. Yeah, and... Uh... 
They definitely needed to move faster. I mean, I, I realize Mango just came out, but uh, immediately after Mango, we should have heard about the next version, uh, I think, um, because they, they still need to catch up. And I think I think they need to get to a point where – because if they think about um, Android and iOS – you're constantly hearing about what's down the pipeline, right? You're constantly hearing about what's next, what's next, what's next, where Microsoft is still playing catch-up with Windows Phone. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think they need to pick up the pace. I, I think they definitely need to start rolling out these updates, even if they're just incremental updates, right? They don't have to be something as major as a new fruit, but it, they, they should there should be, uh, you know, dot something releases. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, the whole – it's gone so quiet on the whole Skype – um, release, you know, I haven't heard anything about that, and I, I know I've not been keeping up recently, but I don't think I missed anything as as big as that. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's. Uh, I think on the one hand, yes, they should be talking about the next release, but like I say, I think they've also got that problem that people are still in that position whereby, well, I'll wait 12 months and see what happens. I think they really need to. It'd be interesting to see as 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 Windows Phone ages that they can prove. A similar roadmap as as iOS in that you know my device will see Windows Phone 8, um, albeit there'll be newer gen hardware out, and to kind of get that momentum that people actually think well actually there's no point waiting for the next phone, I might as well get a phone now because I've got I'm, I've got confidence that I'll get the next release of the operating system anyway. I know um, Josh Pollard on uh, on the digital media zone he was kind of I think it was one of their guests what it might be the co-host was saying you know should I wait to the next phone because it'll be you know better but he kind of josh pointed out well you know you should still get windows phone 8 even if you buy a device today so if you're happy with what's on offer then you know don't wait but i think you know as i say it's still people do feel that they still need to wait for the next big thing with windows phone i think you know as, as nice as the lumia 800 device was i think it needed to be much more full featured in terms of hardware i think it you know i know you probably would never use a front-facing camera, but people are going to compare it to what the competition have got. And iOS has got FaceTime, and Android's got its front-facing cameras through the use of Skype or whatever it might be, and they just can't afford those shortfalls. So, But we should see the Lumia 710, I think, it is launching in the US pretty soon. There's rumors about the, the Lumia 900 coming out, which is the phone I'm, I'm hoping will materialize to be a reality, and we shall see where it goes. Yeah. I mean... That the Nokia device, it should have been the the um, the under that that was released here, but you know whatever. Yeah, I think that I think there's still talk that, that it'll be a variant of the 800. I just, which may even be a more advanced version with maybe a front-facing camera and some of the stuff that they couldn't quite get to market the first time. But we shall see. They're, they're still being very quiet, and I can't imagine that they're going to make a big announcement at CES, or, which means you're really waiting for Mobile World Congress. Yep, that's true. Well, I mean, which also isn't too far away, but no, I think I think they'll be talking about Tango there. But as you say, I think they could also do with dropping some hints about what's coming in Windows Phone 8, maybe even just reveal once and for all whether or not it is going to be based on the Windows 8 kernel, because I think that would give developers a, a big boost. Um, because if it is built on top of Windows 8, it'll still have the same Windows Phone UI. They're not going to take a step back and start pushing windows onto the onto a small device but it will mean hopefully that all the things that are missing um on windows phone um because it's based on windows c will, will be there automatically yeah 
because I think um, Ian Dixon was talking about on, on this week's digital lifestyle um, about how the the device which is off the the um, wireless when you put the phone to sleep, which is fine. I mean, it's it's that's about saving battery, but you know, in, in Ian's experience, that's quite frustrating because when you're using a remote control app, then you unlock the phone and the device is the the app is kind of disconnected from the item that it's controlling. Um, there are um, ways around that. For example, there's a um, some of the streaming apps that pre Mango, you could set them to run under the lock screen. Um, so they would stream as long as you didn't switch away from the application. They'd continue streaming, even with the phone off. Um, in which case, they were able to hold the, the wireless signal open. But I don't think for a, an app that's sending data ad hoc, I don't think that's really an option. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we'll see. I mean, as we said, Microsoft continues to invest in this, so I'm sure we'll we'll see it progress along the way. It's just, uh, I mean, I guess like everything, right, we always want everything to be done faster than it's actually done. But <laughs> yeah. in this case, in this case, I think, I think there's some, some merit to, to uh, wanting to see, um, you know, progress move a little faster. But yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the one thing I have heard people talking at, at work that, well, that I talked to and kind of mentioned the Lumia 800 and some of them have said they've seen it and really, really like it. It's just, it's that old story about, they really, really like it, but do they actually end up getting one? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Uh, well, I think we can wrap it up with uh, these two apps. Huh? I mean, first there was uh, OneNote for the iPad. OneNote has been out for the iPhone for a while now, and that uh, version got uh, updated as well. But there wasn't an official iPad version for it, uh, but Microsoft has uh, released it. So any OneNote users – I used to be a OneNote user. I used to – I used it for school. I loved using it for school. It was great for school. Uh, but you know, now that dumb school, I haven't really gone back to OneNote uh, so much. Uh, but it would have been awesome to have this uh, iPad version. But anybody that uses OneNote and has an iPad, uh, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I'm a, I'm a, um, a OneNote user at work, not necessarily on the phone so much, but um, I certainly it keeps me organised and. It's you know found it really, really useful. It's the first time I've really started using it about twelve months ago. I just started using it for keeping notes and you know in meetings. I'd kind of choose to you know create one note um, for a meeting and and things like that and just kind of collect all notes together. So yeah, it's good to see it you know spreading across platforms. It's it's about time Microsoft waked up and realised that people aren't going to live permanently in a Microsoft world. They need to <laughs> need to get these things out there. Or become yeah. irrelevant in some ways. Yeah. Now it's it's not a free app. Um, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, it's it's fifteen dollars for the iPad version, five dollars for the iPhone version. If, uh, however, if you were one of the early adopters for the iPhone version, you did get a chance to get it for free. They had it for free for a limited time when it first launched, um, and you should be able to update your iPhone version without paying that five dollar fee. Uh, but the iPad version, fifteen dollars, which, uh, you know, it's. Uh, Pretty heavy toll, probably one of the more expensive uh, iPad apps I've seen. Not as expensive as LogMeIn Ignition, which I paid $30 for. Uh, well worth it, in my opinion, though. But um, I mean, for a productivity app uh, like this, $15, um, I, I, I guess that makes sense. You know, It's definitely not uh, a game, you know, one of those one-off games you're going to be killing time with. It's um, you know considered more, more productive, and uh, if you're a heavy OneNote user, $15 is probably a, a nominal fee to pay for the functionality of accessing your notes on tablet. 
Yeah. Do I do I read this right that if you create less than well up to five hundred notes, the app's actually free? Uh, Am yeah. I that right? Yes. Um, so there is a there there is a, a free to download the app. You can download it for free, but if you go beyond the five hundred notes, then uh, it's not another app that you purchase. You actually made a, a purchase uh, in app, so an in app purchase for fifteen dollars. Uh, okay. Yeah, good catch there. I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> actually got that. Ah, cool. So it's basically free to low, to relatively yeah. light users, and then. Yep, exactly. And I think you threw another app in there, right? Yeah, it was just uh, the the Microsoft Link app got released for Windows Phone um, and Android with an iOS version coming soon. Um, you know, Link is quite big in the uh, Office 365, their cloud um, office um, offering. So, uh, and I know uh, people that I've spoken to that were looking to get Windows Phone for them, that was quite a big deal because they they use Link as their in, in internal communication system, and it's it's kind of in a way kind of a, a corporate version of Windows Messenger. So, it's just a, again, it's just one of those apps that's that nice to see spreading out across multiple platforms. Yeah, very cool. I hadn't actually heard of this before, but uh, might take a look. Yeah, I mean, it's it's originally, I think, a part of the um, kind of on-premise Microsoft communications, the whole kind of all linked around the Exchange system and, um, you know, the the Microsoft communication server, I think it is, which kind of ties into phone systems. So it's Link is kind of the, uh, takes it outside of the corporate, you know, internal space. Um, for people to be able to use it, um, uh, and, uh, it's certainly available as part of the Office 365 service, like I say. So, um, you know, it's good to see. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and I think that's it. We did say it was going to be a light uh, new show. Got a little distracted there with uh, that bomb you dropped on me about IE. But... <laughs> Other than that, a uh, relatively short show for you folks. Uh, don't forget you can reach us at mobile at the digitallifestyle.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Jose R. Ortiz. I'm at Database Chase. John is at John Dickinson. Sheldon is at Sheldon W. And Ian is at I.S. Dixon. And uh, be sure to tune into us next week as we hit that uh, century milestone. Uh, we'll be recording show number 100. Yeah, I was just thinking I should apologise. My Twitter feed is a bit like a tumbleweed at the moment. <laughs> I think I've barely, I think I've tweeted maybe three or four times in the last uh, in the last week. Yeah, that, those sound like uh, my my numbers <laughs> <laughs> on a normal day. Yeah. All right, Jace. Well, uh, I'll I'll see you next week for show hundred, huh? Yeah, definitely. I think we're planning on recording on Wednesday, I think, next week, aren't we? So hopefully we can stick to that schedule and get the show out a little bit earlier ahead of the Christmas period and we'll be into show 100, which is really looking forward to that. Yep, start off the year with 101. All right. So until then, uh, I'll see you later, Jason. Yep. Cheers. Nice to see you.